Well, 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 welcome back. We are here. I am actually here. The past two weeks has been a pre-record and I apologise, but I have had a chest infection and now I'm back to let you know that I can really talk to you for an hour. Uh, welcome to the Harley and Josh show. I am Josh Locke. Uh, Harley is still away um, and he hopefully will be back very, very, very soon. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap you on the last two weeks and talk to you a little bit about some music industry news and a little bit about uh, how to book gigs later on. So I'm going to try and give you a little bit of extra help with your band. But for now, I want to just let you know that we are talking about so far sound uh, the, the London-based gig promoter have overhauled its artist compa- um, compensation system because of a pretty big lawsuit, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Spotify is allowing bootleg podcasts uh, to bypass a lot of the chart system and stopping artists from getting compensation, so we're going to be talking about that. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the UK has offered a firm post-Brexit immiga- immigration system, and we're going to talk about how that will affect the music industry. And, and, I mean, there's always ands. We have music from the amazing Surfquake, For the Hornets, we have Marigolds and Barney Holmes. So, we've got so much to do, so I better get cracking on, really, should I? So, let's talk about it. What did I do? Oh my goodness, I have been a mess for the past two weeks. I, uh, I'm going to moan for a bit. So basically, the last time I spoke to you guys, um, I was teaching after that and while I was teaching there was a student there who was very ill and should not have been there. His parents were mean to him and made him come and uh, basically I caught that and it was it started off as a flu and developed into a chest infection. Now that is it's still going on basically and that was almost three weeks ago now Um, and basically what the problem with that is I am self-employed. So I'm a music teacher um, and, uh, and and a gigging musician, and that's ex- that's how I earn my money. If I don't do those things, then I don't earn any money. And when you are coughing your guts up, sputtering and, and, and throwing up, there's not really much you can do. So I've basically had uh, almost three weeks off work, which has been torture, absolute torture. And like it, it's, it's quite a high-functioning industry, the one that we work in. Um, you're constantly... Um, you know, out and about every single day, either promoting um, or or teaching or gigging or, uh, you know, just all the different things that come along with being part of the music industry and uh, being completely inactive destroys you. It really did. I was just feeling completely useless, um, absolutely no kind of, you know, direction during the day. It would just be like, I can't do anything. So... You know, here we go. I'll, I'll just, I'll just give you my kind of breakdown of what actually happened. So, what happened was I caught it on the Monday, cancelled work on Thursday. Um, uh, so I still went to work the Tuesday and the Wednesday, uh, even though it was awful, <laughs> um, and I was still being really stubborn. So I still went to work on the Saturday morning at Bravo uh, School of Rock, but uh, I couldn't drive. My girlfriend had to drive me. Thank you, Frankie. Um, because uh, if I did, I would have crashed because I was way too lightheaded. Um, uh, taught for two hours and I just literally had to, had to phone it in. Usually usually I would stay for the third hour and teach um, during the performance sessions, but I was just like, I, I really have to go home. Went home, napped, and then stupidly 
went and did a gig that night because I was just like, I can't cancel this gig. It was, uh, I'd been looking forward to it for months. It was, uh, it was a Buccaneers. So a Buccaneers gig. My, my, my other band, so my, my main band is JS and the Lockerbillies doing rockabilly stuff. And uh, my second band at the moment is uh, JS and the Buccaneers, which does pirate-themed sea shanties, etc. So basically I thought, well, you know, I'm supposed to sound like a pirate. My voice was a bit like this for like the whole of the week. So I thought, you know, there we go, that'll work. And I think that is exactly what turned into a chest infection. I pushed myself too hard and it just settled itself in my chest. Um, it was a really, really nice gig. Um, like from, from, what I, from what I was there for, turned up sort of about an hour before we were going to play, did the sound check sort of, you know, sort of in balls of sweat and coughing and phlegm. Um, uh, luckily they had some anti-back wipes afterwards to wipe down the microphone and, and all the musicians and, and sound technicians stayed away from me. Um, speaking of sound technicians, thank you Ian Crow um, for doing sound that night. It was just the best we'd sounded. Uh, it was one of the best gigs we'd played actually, apart from my voice being just, you know, sounding like a drunken sailor, but I guess that works. Um, then it just sounded so good. Uh, it was a really good crowd there, um, which I'm really happy about because the last time I saw Hot Tramp in Ipswich uh, at the Three Eyes Monkeys, it wasn't attended well enough at all. Um, and seeing a really well-attended gig for a Hot Tramp show was just, it really warmed my heart because I love that band and they need to be seen. So yeah, they, they, they I didn't stay for their gig, uh, I, for their set. I, stay, I went home and, uh, and that was the last bit of work I did up until um, I, uh, I basically cancelled all, all teaching the next week. So I was supposed to be at Rendlesham, I was supposed to be at Moreland. They've got performances coming up and I just said, look, I, I can't, I, like, I will pass it to them. So I just literally can't do it. Um, so I cancelled teaching all that week, uh, spent the whole time under a quilt on the couch. Uh, I watched the film Heavy Metal. I'd never seen that film before and that is a crazy film. <laughs> I mean, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's basically a collection of short stories, uh, um, animated short stories, um, sort of based around this glowing green orb, which sort of controls people's minds and corrupts them. But it it just takes that that kind of uh, premise and runs with it with so many different writers and and voice actors um there's some great voice actors in there uh, john candy's in it john landis um it, 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 crazy i mean it, it's uh, was it eugene levy who's like the dad from american pie but all the soundtrack's amazing it's got like dio black sabbath um all these i think twisted sisters in there so it's all these amazing 80s metal bands uh, if you get if you've got if you're ill and you just gotta sit there and and you can do nothing just watch that it's on netflix it's just absolutely crazy anyway so uh i'm coughing so much like you know my abs and stuff were hurting and it made me throw up which is which is great um i was chucking up constantly so when you're on antibiotics that's not great because you just chuck them up um I ended up calling 111 because it was sort of not getting better after a course of antibiotics. And they sent an ambulance round, um, sat there with the ambulance, had to get rushed off to uh, an out-of-hours GP. Um, and got given sort of steroids and things. Uh, really uh, was completely flat on my back for, for about a week after that. So I just used it as a way to get on with stuff that I hadn't been able to get on with um, through, um, you know, while I've been teaching and, and, and sort of rushed off my feet planning lessons and stuff. So I've been, I've been planning this concept album for about three or four years now. 
And uh, I finally finished a first draft script of it while I was sort of, you know, on the couch under a quilt and, and, and sort of just surrounded by tissues uh, for my nose. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was so, so rewarding to be able to just go, wow, I've actually got this thing done now. Um, I've got a first draft. I'm going to send it to some friends of mine that are writers, uh, probably Meg Burrows and Jamie Chapman. They're very, very good at writing characters. A lot of the characters I'm writing for actually are women as well. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not sure if I've written this true to... I've read, I've read a lot of books before written by women uh, that are writing a male character and I've just been a bit like eh, that doesn't really resonate that doesn't sound like something a male character would do or say um, so I wanted to sort of say okay I don't want to fall into that trap so I want to write these characters and write their dialogue and then give it to uh, um, somebody who's experienced in writing who's also a woman to be able to say okay they wouldn't do this that sounds completely our character so i'm really looking forward to doing that and that was a one benefit of being able to you know be stuck on the couch uh, all day getting fed soup by frankie um was to be able to write that i also did a lot of uh, video editing uh, i've been doing some tuition videos um is my minute master class thing where i'm trying to um basically teach people how to do uh, certain techniques and or, or uh, concepts in a very short amount of time because I've been fed up with watching guitar videos that, that last 20 minutes and, and teach you one thing I want to be able to try and do something that teaches you 20 things in one minute so I've been editing that using DaVinci Resolve if, if you haven't used DaVinci Resolve it's an interesting thing it's 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 a free video editing software that you can get online um, no crazy registration necessary all that sort of stuff um, it's basically um, a very very in-depth and technical video editing software that's got quite a high steep learning curve to it but thank god for youtube right um so i've been using that and and sort of working out how to do green screen animation um you know certain clip wipes and and, and making sure that certain you know um, light balances are, are good so it's been good to be able to kind of learn something while i've been flat on my back sneezing um what else do I do? I, so I got myself back on my feet by Friday, uh, last Friday. I went to, I was covering uh, for All Star Rock School. I was basically, because I'd cancelled two of my sessions at All Star Rock School and I needed to just make my time back. So um, I, uh, yeah, so I did uh, the Chelmsford Rock School, which I'd not been to before. It's quite a new one for them. Um, it's at the community centre on this very sort of new estate around there. And uh, so Rainer and I went up um you know, took the van up there and set everything up. And that was really good for me to feel like I'd got myself back on my feet. That's kind of like, that was the the beginning of me being able to be here today, um, was being able to sort of do something that felt normal. Um, I had originally, because uh, I, I took the job sort of two, three weeks ago, and uh, that originally, apparently, I didn't even know that I was supposed to be teaching singing. I was like, I cannot sing right now. <laughs> Just not good enough. Um, so we did a, uh, two very long performance sessions for the juniors and the seniors. Um, two groups of you know kids that I'd never met before, and we have to find a way to get them to perform and get them to understand what they're doing. Um, you know, on stage um, and understand their parts. Uh, so 
that was a good test for me to get myself back into the, you know, it was like a trial by fire, you know, meet these kids and then get them to perform in front of you um, in a way that, you know, is is helping them to develop and, and, and giving them an idea of what it would be like in the real world. Um, and they, they really rose to the challenge. Like these new kids, um, they just... Uh, you know, the, the singer from the juniors class, she was absolutely fantastic, taking uh, instruction really well, you know, in front of a, a bunch of kids that she doesn't know, doesn't go to school with, doesn't hang out with. Um, and she's up there, she's, you know, fist pumping and dancing around and holding onto the microphone and moving the mic stand around. I wasn't giving her singing techniques because I think, uh, you know, that's kind of like you know, me trying to uh, teach her how to play piano. I'm not very good at pianos. <laughs> and right now, without being able to sing, I think it'd be a bad idea for me to try and teach the singing techniques. Um, I'd just be like, you've got to sing like this. <laughs> oh, maybe not like that. Um, so yeah, there, she blew my mind. There were two singers in the second seniors class who uh, started off very nervous, very insular and sort of hugging themselves. And then after a while, I was just acting wacky and 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 sort of being the weirdo so uh, so that they didn't feel like they were weird i was the weird guy <laughs> so they were like well i can't be look as weird and crazy as that guy so i think i'll uh, i think i can express myself a bit here so really impressed with them um we uh set everything up packed everything down in record timing um and got back to where we dropped the van off and poor old rainer's battery had died on his car and somehow I was the only bloke there that knew how to jump a car. I think it's because I've been an idiot so many times uh, and uh, and let my battery run flat on my cars that I know how to jump a car. <laughs> I had to do it at Glastonbury, actually. Wah, wah, wah. Um, uh, because I'd left the interior lights on while we were gigging. So uh, we had to get a Land Rover to jump the car, and I was doing that then. Um, once we had a gig in Ireland and uh, came back and I'd left the lights on um, for my Chevy, and we had to wait for the AA for 45 minutes because I didn't, ha didn't have anybody to jump a car. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we luckily we got home okay. Um, and that's really kind of what I've been doing for the past, um, the past two weeks. Um, I'm back to work this week. Uh, I'm teaching every single night uh, of the week, uh, including Friday and Saturday. So I'm not teaching on Sunday. So I'm really throwing myself back to it. And I'm also gigging tomorrow night, uh, if anybody's interested, uh, at the Chinese Checkers in Stowmarket. It's their Chinese New Year celebration. We've done it the past sort of two years. I'm teaching with the amazing Tom Guitarthy, Mr. McCarthy, um, who has guested on this show a bunch of times. So uh, if you, I think they may have a table or two left. Um, so yeah, if you, if you fancy some, some really um, authentic Malaysian food, uh, check that out. Uh, it will be really, really, really good. I, I get some free food at the end of it. So, and I know it's good. So you should go to check it out. But anyway, um, I'm going to stop talking about me. I'm going to get onto some interesting music industry topics, news and discussion after a song. So I'm going to show you guys um, a band that we've played on the show before. They're from Colchester. They're called Surfquake. Uh, this is right up my street. They've got rockabilly vibes. They've got surfer vibes. They've got rock and roll. All these kind of tremolo and deep baritone guitars. Um, you've got to check this out. They've got an album out. This one's called Surfer Jet City. Check it out. Check it out. 
what an absolute banger that is. That is Surf Jet City, Surfer Jet City by Surfquake. Um, you can check them out. They are gigging this weekend, uh, and I will let you know exactly where if you stick around for the gig list at the end. <laughs> I will have you buy the short and curlies. You have to wait, won't you? So, news. It's time for a little bit of music news, music news. Here we go, music news. Oh, bringing the jingle back, mate. So, how long will Spotify allow bootleg podcasts to top the charts? Uh, this is the news that a substantial number of podcast bootleggers are delivering, delivering illegal music to Spotify users, and it's unclear clear how or if the streaming service will stem the tide of copyright infringement and stolen royalties. So, basically, according to a report by Pitchfork, um, the renowned music journalists, a simple but effective process allows users to make demos, live recordings, uh, and take unreleased tracks and a slew of otherwise unpublished songs and make them available for all to enjoy on Spotify. Um, the works are basically disguised as podcasts. So, you know, uh, the way that I put music on, podca- on on Spotify is done by uh, TuneCore, an aggregate like DistroKid, that kind of thing. Um, but podcasts is different. And, uh, you know, something we use Podbean for um, the Harley and Josh show. And that gets put on and uh, uh, and distributed to lots of different podcasts um, sort of suppliers so spotify would be one of those i don't think we're on spotify actually but i'm I'm not sure if that's done through podbean um but you know these people are basically uploading a podcast to an aggregate and it gets put onto spotify and there's not really a system in place to check whether that's actually a podcast or whether it's something you know talking or like a radio show or if it's just all music and unreleased stuff and stuff that the, the artists don't want people to be hearing So, uh, the streaming giant has not established especially stringent copyright infringement filters for non-music content, like podcasts, and in turn, the compilations are staying live for sizable periods of time, long enough to rise to the top of the podcast charts in many cases. Uh, Sam from iRadio and I were just talking outside about mixtapes and uh, how, you know, a lot of the time, if you're a DJ, you would, um, you know, put together like a a set and, uh, and put it up on SoundCloud and things. And, you know, certain that's kind of allowed up there because they've got the right rights for it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the artists will get compensated for that. However, when it comes to podcasts, uh, that's not the case. Um, it's, it's, that's why we, we take the music out of our, uh, of our um, podcast when we put it up for Thursdays because we don't own the rights for it and we don't want to get anybody, you know, uh, we don't want any of the artists that we play to get, uh, you know, sort of stingied out of money if that's the word for it um while the inspiration uh, for posting bootleg music may not be financial because i mean these people aren't gonna be making money i mean we don't we don't make any money from the podcasts um if, if we if we did make any money which we don't it would be on sort of adverts and things um so i don't know how people might monetize that via spotify but i doubt that that's a, a thing so it's it's more just sort of you know, like how people used to just sort of put stuff up on LimeWare and BearShare and, and, and people would download it, it'd be peer-to-peer. They wouldn't make any money off it. It's just a sort of community thing where people like to be able to share other people's music. Um, 
which you know sharing other people's music that's what we all do we all lend each other cds or or, or like you know we'll all sort of make each other mixtapes or, or, or you know burn each other cds to take in the car and those are within certain um you know certain copyright guidelines uh, to a degree you know if you're not doing millions and millions and millions of people but when it comes to um you know putting it out there on a podcast so that thousands can listen to it and then rip it off that podcast that is very 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 dodgy um the uh the affected artists are very being very directly and seriously impacted to climb the, to the top of the podcast charts on spotify a program must receive many plays and positive reviews so you know that the communities are there to exploit this so what do you guys think um should spotify find ways to uh analyze these podcasts that are getting uh they're getting put up there to find out whether they are all music or whether they're all chat um how would they do that what kind of algorithm would they need and would that be kind of infringing on uh the people that are paying to put stuff up there that would definitely slow down the amount of time it would take to get your podcast up there if you're in a rush. I mean, the amount of times that we've rushed this and I've, uh, you know, uploaded it on the Thursday morning or something. And if then it suddenly says, oh, this is going to take 24 hours to process because we need to find out that you have the rights for the different things that you're, you know, you know, playing on this podcast, you know, that could completely mess people's, um, you know, timelines up. So interesting thing. Let me go know what you guys think. I'm going to play you another piece of music because I've got three more songs to get through, mate. Got three more songs. Another band that are playing locally this weekend you can stick around for the gig list to find out where and when are for the hornets uh, we've played this track on the show before they haven't got anything new since this track but this is still my favorite one that they play this is digits by for the hornets check them out that was digits by for the hornets short and sweet and absolutely rocking i love that tune um they are playing this weekend stick around for the gig list i tell you what it feels really good to be back with you guys um it's been quite tough to feel absolutely useless over the past couple of weeks uh, because of being ill and having a chest infection um and and just you know having friends and family including my mum my dad and my girlfriend and murray um helping me out and and just sort of keeping me company and keeping my spirits up so being able to be back on my feet and and doing stuff for myself feels really good so thanks for being with me you guys so let's talk a little bit more about some music news Ooh, so the uk has offered a firm post-brexit immigration statement uh the bpi the british phonographic industry has warned against unreasonable bureaucracy so that's why this is on the show we're not talking brexit constantly um so having finalized the brexit uh, deal and officially exited the european union well they haven't finalized the brexit deal but you know it's officially we've officially exited the european union and we're in the transition period now the united kingdom is taking steps to fundamentally change its immigration policy as indicated by a statement posted on the UK government's official official website. If you haven't seen this, it'll be an interesting read for you. It's a new points-based immigration system. Uh, it looks tough. It looks very, very tough. And um, yeah, it's going to be difficult for a lot of musicians. Um, as expected, free movement, uh, the ability of EU citizens to enter and exit the United Kingdom as they please, will be halted beginning in January 2021, so, so about a year from now. Uh, new visitor registration services will aim to more thoroughly document who enters and exits the UK, and post-Brexit post border security will be bolstered. 
Additionally, a points-based immigration system will be part of a broader initiative to attract skilled foreigners to the country. Skilled foreigners. Um, the points-based system sets salary thresholds for non-citizen professionals who wish to become employed in the UK. In addition to evaluating these individuals based upon qualifications, education, experience and more. Presumably, the European Union uh, could fire back with the requirements for their own, which would affect the way the UK artists seek permission to perform in European Union states. Uh, that's why I'm really, really wanting to tour this year. I'm going to hopefully be booking a European tour this year as a transmission period, and I would recommend that to everybody who is a musician listening in. Um, this could be the last time we have frictionless travel around the EU to tour. So... Um, it's 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 now or never it could be now or never so uh what else we got here uh late last month the uk government stated that it would not enforce the european union's much criticized copyright directive so that's that article 13 article 11 thing that we've been talking about on the show for ages all of that time we were talking about it going out this is really going to affect content creators uh you know youtube personalities podcasts uh hosts and things and now the UK is not going to use it. So <laughs> there we go, um, because that was an EU directive. Uh, it will strengthen copyright laws by holding web, pl web platforms liable for the content their users upload. So, I mean, you know, that is a good thing because people like Facebook, well, companies like Facebook and YouTube uh, need to pay for the, the media that uses. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just it will limit it, limit what kind of, you know, we can share. Um so uh, only registered copyright holders will be allowed to share their media under the directive. So I don't know what's going to happen, whether the UK is going to kind of have a counter law for that, uh, whether it will change, you know, we'll have an, a different Article 13 style thing to hold these kind of big social media companies to account so that artists do get um, properly compensated. But the point of the story basically was about the immigration system that will be coming in. I mean, you know, our music industry in the UK is helped massively by um, by people uh, migrating to the UK. A lot of people that I met uh, that were university students coming over here to study um, started some amazing bands. I've met a lot of amazing Italian jazz musicians when I was in London. Um, I mean, I work for one, Diego, <laughs> uh, from Bravo, Stone Market. Um, and it, so it will, I mean, there's, I think the, the threshold for the for salary is about twenty three to twenty four grand. Um, if you you have to have to be able to come into the UK, you have to be earning about that much, um, and have sort of confirmation of work, qualifications, being able to speak English, all this sort of stuff um, to be able to do it. And the I mean, that's I think the average amount of money that somebody working in the music industry earns is about 21 to 22 grand a year so you to be able to work in the uk in the music industry um you know from a different country you're going to have to get quite a well-paid job in the music industry which is difficult to find uh it's difficult to find as a musician if you're going to be working as a music executive or uh or industry professional like a and r um you know those jobs may be slightly more accessible um but still, it's going to affect the 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 sort of the people that are earning a much less um, from from the industry, um, very disproportionately in comparison to people that are on the top level jobs. As per usual, uh, isn't that always the way, isn't it? But anyway, what do you guys think? Um, 
are you a fan of this um, you know uh, points based immigration system um, do you think it won't affect the music industry that much or do you think it will affect the industry too much we do really want you guys to uh, opinions we want you guys to let us know um, what you want us to talk about and the kind of things that you want us to report report on okay so that's another news story down I mean all these news stories are just coming at you coming at you live so uh, let's talk Mm, I don't know. I'm going to play you another song, actually, because it's a very music-y Monday. I'm feeling music-y this Monday. So um, this is a new band I've found. Um, well, I didn't find them. They found themselves. But I'm really happy I found them um, uh, in my life now. They're from Norwich. Um, they are playing locally this weekend, just like all the bands that you've heard today on this show. Uh, they're called Marigolds. Uh, I had a very tough time choosing which track to play today. Um, it was between... Uh, their newest single, which I've really got to find out what the name of that one was because I've forgotten already. Uh, the, the song I'm going to play for you is called Everglades, and it's great. It's got a lot of pace to it. Um, it's changeable. The The structure is uh, very, uh, very fluid. Um, you know, there's no tempo changes per se, but it feels like the pace quickens and slows. Um, what was the most recent one? Spinning. Spinning was uh, the other track. It was, had this really amazing wonky drum beat that was just immediately caught my ear because it was different and uh, and felt like it was pushing boundaries. Um, I like these guys because they said they've got these this sort of indie spring reverb twinge, but they've got this city in color, um, a bit of sort of post-hardcore pop-punk influence in there as well so check this song out this is one of the most newest uh, the newest singles from marigolds this is called everglades i hope you enjoy it that is uh, one of the best written songs we've played on this show i, I will i will say that hands down um it, it is wonderful it's just very very well structured Great harmonies, great melodies that will stick with you. Um, so that is Marigolds with Everglades. Uh, Everglades, they are playing this. <laughs> Sorry, still coughing. <coughs> they are playing this weekend, and you need to check them out. Uh, stick around for the gig list to find out where. Now, let's get on to one last bit of news. Sofa Sounds overhauls artist payments after being fined $460,000. Music news. Um, yes, uh, we've talked about Sofa Sounds before. They've had problems before. Uh, and now we're reporting on them again. Um, as part of the update, uh, which was announced uh, via Sofa's website, uh, quote, the beginnings of a brand new artist dashboard, end quote, have been instituted. When complete, this optimized dashboard will enable so far musicians to more quickly and easily access booking information and event specifics, in addition to promptly reserving performance slots. So that'll be an interesting thing, actually, because uh, that's a difficult thing when you're when you're planning gigs uh, is is being able to be in contact with promoters, uh, the venue, and other bands and the sound en- sound engineer. So if this is a successful piece of software, it could really you know, make those so far gigs even smoother. Um, 
A beta has been made available to some SoFar users with a wider rollout tentatively scheduled for March this year. Uh, plus, the upcoming dashboard on the website will boast enhanced artist communication tools through which performers can connect with other performers that they've met on the road, which is, yeah, like I was saying, it's a great great way to sort of uh, minimise uh, sort of friction between uh, uh performing musicians in, in, in contact and will prompt attendees to support artists which is a great idea uh, most significantly though so far sounds revealed that they will continue to work towards a 70 30 profit split in the artist's favor so 70 percent of the profits will go to the artist for standard shows in ticketed cities in doing so artists who sell a relatively large number of tickets will be paid comparatively more um, for ticketed city performers uh, who sell between zero and 70 tickets, um, so far we'll play $100. Anywhere between uh, 71 and 100 sold tickets will earn artists about $125. And 101 plus attendees will result in artists being paid about $150. Um, the rate applies to all standard shows in ticketed cities, according to so far. So far, uh, that's not quite as specific as I'd like to be with you guys. I've not played a so far show. Um, so I don't know if they're saying that that would be $150 per artist that performs. Um, or if that's basically it's $150 and that gets split up between all the performers. Who knows? So the, uh, Basically, the New York Department of Labor investigation zeroed in on more than 650 individuals whom so far classified as ambassadors, quote, and did not compensate, so they didn't pay him. Uh, so far, execs were said to have cooperated with the investigation, after which $460,357.50 was paid out to the effective employees. Now, this is a case in New York, but so far as a London-based um, company. Um, the above-described overhaul was planned. Uh, importantly, many cities book so far shows on a volunteer basis, and at these events, audience, audience members can pay as much or as little as they like. Um, so far sounds concerts typically involve three up-and-coming acts, artists, dancers, and even comedy comedians can apply on the company's website, so check out so far sounds website. Uh, venues are announced 24 hours beforehand. Uh, guests aren't told who will be playing until they arrive. And each artist's set generally lasts 20 to 25 minutes. So, you know, it is a great idea. It is a great idea. I mean, all companies do end up with these kind of things. So um, these kind of problems. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think we really do need to keep working with SoFar Sounds and, 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 and I'm going to be applying to play for them um, and see if I can get on a gig with them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all gig experience in the end. And speaking of gig experience, I want to take you to our next section, which we call... Thing I thought about this morning. Jingle. A thing I thought about this morning. So I was trying to think, because like, usually we like to use this point of the show to have a uh, a discussion on a musical subject, uh, you know, things in the past we've used, you know, is, is there a point of a music critic anymore? Um, and, you know, is there such thing as bad music? That kind of thing. But it's very difficult for me to have a discussion and a debate with myself, um, even though I am on Facebook Live right now uh, and talking to wonderful people. Um, what I wanted to give you guys was a little bit of insight um, from a professional's perspective. So what I wanted to give you was kind of a checklist 
for getting gigs. So if you are a musician or if you are a, ba- a band, especially if you're just starting out, this is, you know, like there's going to be, if, you, if you're already in a band, some of this stuff might seem just a little bit, well, duh, but, you know, some of it may not. So, you know, if, if, you, if you feel you know a lot, listen anyway. So what you kind of need is a promo package, at least, to start off with. So if you've literally just written some songs and you think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a gig... Um, or even if you've just rehearsed some cover songs and you're like, I want to play a gig, get yourself a promo package. Now, this can involve things like photos, um, videos, uh, recordings, and basically anything that can show you off in, the, in a good light. Get yourself a bio, uh, write out you know what you kind of plan to do at shows um and what you uh what you sound like you know describe it describe what your live performance would be like if you have any you know kooky little sort of novelties like you know the singer has a snake or you know the um uh you know you dress up as zombies you know that kind of thing just adding it in there so that it stands out find your um, USP, your unique selling point, and get it in there. Um, everybody needs to have that so that you know people when they're just sort of reading a new band's bio, uh, bio can be very bored of reading bands' bios. So keep that in mind. So next, what you want to do is make a list of venues uh, that you want to gig in. I mean, be realistic with this. I mean, everybody wants to play at the O2 or Wembley or whatever, um, but you know. Be realistic, but also, you know, shoot for the stars a little bit. Um, so think about their usual genre. So look at the kind of, you know, once you find a, find a venue, look at the kind of bands that are playing. If you're a death metal band and you want to play at Dingwalls, most of the stuff they play there is going to be indie rock. So it's you're going to be less likely to play there. But if you apply at the Black Heart in Camden, which plays a lot of death metal, you'll be much likely, much more likely to get in there. So really look do your research into these uh, into these venues and, and think about what kind of venue, uh, you know, sort of clientele as well. Like look at the pictures, uh, look at what kind of people are turning up. You know, if, if you if you don't see anybody there with long hair, studs and tattoos and, uh, and, a, and a metal band t-shirt, then you're going to be less likely to get a death metal gig there. But, uh, you know, it, it, it can be quite difficult to gauge. Um, think about the travel distance as well. Um, so if you're you know, from Ipswich and you want to get a gig in St. Albans or something, um, think that's going to take you at least an hour and a half to get there. Um, so you know, if it's a Friday, you've got to think about finishing work and getting there on time, um, whether it's viable or not. And also whether you know anybody in that town. Like, do you know anybody from St. Albans? Um, do you know one for a place to crash maybe, but also whether they would turn up to the gig and whether they might be able to help you spread the word about the show. Um, and it will help you to know whether you actually will have an impact in that town. I mean, you get, you're going to end up playing in towns that you don't know anybody there. I've done so many of those and, and still will play to a, a packed audience uh, because that's just they go there for a gig. But that's what you kind of want to think about with the venue is, do people just go there for gigs? If you're going to a pub, if you're going to play for a pub, there's usually a restaurant and they have live music every once in a while that doesn't bode well for the fact that people are just going to go there expecting a gig to happen, right? So there needs to be a lot of promotion that goes into that. So do your, do you, do your research into your venue, right? Make a list of them. Put them on Excel. That's usually a good thing. Um, so once you've done that, you want to make a list of contacts for those venues, put them in that like Excel spreadsheet. Um, and so the thing is, a lot of the time, <laughs> apologies, <coughs> 
a lot of the time with uh, these venues, um, you would look online for their contact details. And most of the time, what you would find is info at dingwalls.co.uk or something like that. And that would just go to a general inbox if you wanted to email them and do you know good you know it would just get lost amongst a bunch of sort of you know queries from customers that that they will care a bit more about if a customer's saying i've got a booking and i need to know uh, this this and this they're going to prioritize that over a band you know emailing in and saying oh i you know i need to i want a gig with you guys can you check this out like that's going to take them more time and maybe give them give their business less sometimes uh, than you know replying to customer queries so don't just go for the info at chinneries or info at the portland arms you know look look on their website find a, a contact number and call them up um or even better go to the venue go to the venue talk to them and say to them, you know, even people behind the bar and stuff. I mean, I did that at uh, the Cavern Club in Liverpool. Um, I just said to them, look, um, I've, I've looked on the website and there's contact details on there, but it's all like booking at Cavern Club. Is there a specific promoter or, um, you know, manager that I should be talking to? And they just wrote it down on a piece of um, receipt paper and gave it to me. And I'm in contact with them now. Um, it's just little things like, a bit of personal touch. Um, I've talked about this on the show before. White Buffalo, he used to do, uh, he used to call up venues and he would basically um, sing down the phone to them onto their voicemail um, and say, look, this is what I sound like. Would you like me to gig with you? And because that's different, they would think about it and they would, and they would get, get in contact with them. So find a number, go to the venue, talk to them and get a proper contact uh, email for them. Um, Think about the promoters that these places use as well. So, you know, um, you know, Matt Catling puts on gigs at the Smokehouse. Uh, Darren Smith puts stuff on the Premier Pool Club. Um, and these guys also put gigs on around town. So um, look at, um, you know, if you think about uh, Washing Machine in Barrie, they put a lot of stuff on at the Hunter Club. If you get in contact with the Washing Machine rather than the Hunter Club, that may get you uh, a better uh, give you a better chance of getting a gig because the the club isn't always the people aren't always the people that are putting on gigs and and looking for bands uh, they may just be putting them onto the promoter so you're kind of cutting out the middleman there and it's going straight to a promoter which would really help you um think about how you approach them as well approach them as well like your bargaining power um Analyze what other artists are doing around you in terms of promotion and marketing. Now, now marketing can confuse a lot of people. Um, I've got yourself a little. I've got you a little definition of marketing here. Okay, so marketing is the process of interesting potential customers and clients in your products and/or services. So it involves a bit of promotion, but it also involves selecting who your market is and who the people are that you want. Uh, involved in your product. Uh, the key word this marketing definition is process. Uh, marketing involves researching, promoting, selling, and distributing your products or services. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a process. Marketing is a process. It's not an end goal, if that makes sense. Um, look for support opportunities as well. So there's another, there's another point for you. Look at these, you know, so if you see that a big band is going to play in a venue close to you, um, talk to them and say, have you got a, uh, not so much the artist, but talk to the venue and say, have you got a support artist for this? Talk to the promoter and say, have you got a support artist for this? I think I'm perfect. Again, look at what kind of band it is though. So uh, again, if you're a death metal band and it's a hip hop act playing, you're going to be less likely to get that. Um, 
loss leaders. A loss leader is a very important thing to be able to uh, offer. Uh, if you're just starting out, uh, think about the fact of that supply in this business is way higher than demand. Um, you know, we all want good music, but there's always more music out there than we can actually physically listen to or go and see. Um, and, you know, venues can't put on all artists. So you've got to think about, right, so some in, in some senses, I need this venue more than they need me right now. Um, don't sit there and just prostate yourself for them because you do have to have worth and you need to know that you are good. Um, but think about it. Don't sit there and think, okay, I need to be getting paid X amount. Sometimes you just have to say, how much do you pay? They say the, they say the number and you say, okay, take it on the chin. Think about the fact of... Um, this, you know, if I take this now uh, and then later, if it's a really good show, then later on I might be able to ask for more money, right? Um, remember to say thank you as well. Talk, you know, talk to the bands you play with, say, oh, it was a pleasure to play with you. Talk to the, the promoter and say, thanks for giving us the gig. Um, the, you know, the shoe isn't always on your foot because you did a lot of work to get there. Um, sometimes it's just a good idea to be friendly and thank people for the opportunity of playing with them right um that's helped me a lot and it's also helped me a lot to be able to take things on the chin if, if people are critical um you need to just sometimes just take take stuff because like if you know uh if somebody short changes you or you know and goes back on an agreement that's different you know you, you you take them to town but um if they're just like that wasn't good or um, um, I don't think that you were right for this, uh, or I don't like the way that you acted. Um, sometimes you have to just go, all right, take it. And uh, the the process of me not, you know, giving them lip and, and get, going back at them may help to sort of get you in their good books in a way. I mean, if you want to be in their good books, right? <laughs> um, so... Um, Think for festivals, look for stage managers and promoters. Don't just go info at Leeds Festival uh, or just call their booking line. Really, again, do your research who's putting the stuff on, who's booking the artists, who's the talent bookers, and get in touch with them. Think about uh, stage managers, promoters, sound engineers. You can find them on LinkedIn sometimes. You can just Google, you know, who does the sound for this stage, find out who works for them on LinkedIn, and talk to them. Sneaky, but sometimes it works, right? Um, uh, pricing is important, okay? So if you're a covers band, uh, don't undersell yourself. Um, you can get gigs easy if you, you know, charge 50 quid to 150 quid or something like that. You know, pubs will just snap you up and they'll be like, yeah, cool, 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 whatever. Um, but you can get taken advantage of. Like, it, it, gigging is a lot of work. And just because you're doing it for a, for a hobby, maybe, doesn't mean that you should just go out for cheap um because what happens then is that you end up undercutting local bands uh that are you know a, a local band that's charging 350 quid and you're charging half of that um then you may be taking work away from them you know that may be no skin off your nose but that band will probably dislike you and then may start talking about you and spreading the who you know these bands would be more connected than you are half the time so if they start talking about you to other bands, promoters, venues, because they know more people than you do, you're going to end up getting less work. So don't undercut, don't undersell, really do your research on your price and stick to it. It's important. Um, 
Uh, if you're an originals band, the supply is way harder. Like I said, the, the high, supply is way harder than the demand. So don't expect much money. Think about pitching how much money you can make them. So you sit there and say, my music is upbeat. It's dancey. It's drinking music. People are going to buy stuff at the bar. Um, we're going to be, you know, the, the crowd that we would bring are big drinkers or they're, uh, you know, they, they will buy uh, merch from the other bands or, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, so really get involved and, 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 and let people know that you can earn the money. All right. So that's the end of that. Let me know if there are anything I missed there that you think that can help you get gigs uh, or if there's anything else that you'd like me to talk about on the show in the future. I'm going to get to the gig list and shut up talking about myself. Gig list. All right. So we'll start off with tonight. There's a gig tonight. 24th uh, of February. It's the Duke open mic night. If you've got some music that you want to check out and, 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 and test out, go to the Duke of York in Ipswich tonight at 7.30. Also tonight, uh, see, you've got to listen to the podcast. You've got to listen to the show live to get these gigs. Uh, it's no good listening on Thursday. Um, 24th of February. Talking Sleeve are live at the Monday Night Metal Night Mayhem. Thanks to Darren at the uh, Brewer's Arms tonight. Good old Andy. Nice one for putting that one on. Uh, that's 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, 25th February, we've got the Ipswich Open Mic. Hallowed Be Thy Mic which is an amazing name for a, uh, for, for an open mic night thing. That's at the Briar Bank Brewing Company, Tuesday, 25th of Feb. So again, test your music out. Um, 28th, that is Friday. Uh, the Lurkers are coming to Ipswich. Um, they are from up north, and Smart Alex from Ipswich are supporting. That's at the Steamboat Tavern. If you like your punk, old school stuff like the Addicts, etc., get yourself down to the Smokehouse. Uh, also Friday, Rolled Up Sleeves, Slater and Tom Peplo are all playing at Coda in Colchester in Essex. That is at 9 o'clock. Uh, also on Friday, uh, Blue Mean Eyes, Gold Bloom, Our Mates, Pale Girls, what up, Gav, and... The amazing Marigolds, who we played earlier, are playing at the Smokehouse this Friday, 28th. Uh, that'll be about 7.30, I expect, to get there. Uh, also, Friday, so much going on Friday, 28th uh, of February, uh, Killer Tricks, Pink Lemonade, Bag of Cans, they're mental, as well as, who we played earlier, For the Hornets, are playing at the John Peel Centre in Church Walk in Stone Market. A lot of bands from Norwich there, so bands that you wouldn't always see, so check that out at Stone Market on Friday. Uh, on Saturday, we've gotten to the Sonic Oscillators, Ed Sykes, and, who we played earlier, Surfquake. If you like your surf and rockabilly, get yourself down to the Colchester Arts Centre uh, on Saturday night. Uh, two more gigs we've got on Saturday. Also, our mates all right luke trip switch are playing at the kingfisher in ipswich uh that will probably start about eight o'clock i'm gonna say um so that is saturday at the kingfisher in ipswich and the last one the guy that we're gonna play off the show uh sunday three o'clock at isaac's mr barney holmes uh old acquaintance of mine he's got a brand new single out and before i say goodbye I'm going to play this. Well, I'm going to say goodbye and then play this. Uh, thank you so much for having me back. Uh, you've helped me to feel not ill again. So I appreciate you guys. This is Montagues and Capulets from Barney Holmes. Check it out. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> 